Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dave Stefano Talks. This is episode 11. On today's episode, myself, Lewis Laird and Aaron Smith recapped all the weekend's action across the Scottish Premiership. Games included Aberdeen vs Hamilton, St Johnston vs Hibs, Motherwell vs Livingston, Ross County vs Kilmarnock, Dundee United vs Celtic and Rangers vs St Mirren. We recapped Rangers winning their 55th league title after Celtic failed to win against Dundee United at Tannadice. We also react to the fans that emerged in Glasgow's George Square and Ibrox during the midst of a global pandemic, plus much, much more. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, then please head on over to either iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you hear this podcast on and hit that subscribe button. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the podcast. If you are an Apple iTunes user, then please leave a review on the podcast and let me know what you think. Let me know what you would like to see on the podcast. Tell me where we're going wrong and let's see how we can sort of make this podcast better for everyone. And as always, if you haven't already followed the Twitter account of the podcast on Twitter, you can do so. It's at DayStefanoTalk and you can keep up to date with all the latest news and guests that are coming on to the podcast on there. Uh, without dragging this on too much, this is Dave Final Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode 11. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. I mean, I'm sure this used to could be a bit better, but <laughs> not too bad. Uh, Aaron? Uh, not bad, not bad. Could be a bit better if Celtic knew how to score, but here we are. No, nah, definitely. I think I'd be feeling a lot better if the, the weather outside was was more... Nice. <laughs> Last week it was sunny, and I was looking forward to going a walk, and now today I'm like, I uh, need to edit this, and then... Don't know what else I need to do because I kind of go out to the training. So yeah, um, not looking like a great day, not feeling like a great day. But we are here to react to this weekend's action. So we'll do that with the the best of our ability. Um, let's start off then up at Pitodri with Aberdeen versus Hamilton. Um, what did you guys think of that match, Lewis? Uh, yeah, there seems to always sort of be a game like this. Maybe like a no now or a bit of a dull one, but. It sort of comes expected at the minute. I mean, Aberdeen have been really poor and they're not scoring goals even. I would say they're sort of running out of ideas in terms of they're starting to up front now and they still can't score goals, so you don't know where to go from here. But that would certainly be a good point for Hamilton going to Pesodri. I mean, no matter how bad Aberdeen are, going to Pesodri can be a, a tough place to go. So they'll definitely take a point, especially in that relegation battle. Yeah, definitely. Um, Aaron? Uh, I mean, also it's a great point for Hamilton. Uh, I guess I'm off bottom. Um, but Aberdeen at the moment just seem allergic to scoring for some reason. I think that, I suppose, goal with scramble, you could call it, summed up them this year. They don't know how to score. But like McGinn has to round the keeper, but he doesn't. He has a bit of luck with a break to Canberra. Canberra just doesn't shoot for some reason. But him, he does, it's too late. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He missed that sort of sitter. Like he never, he never took the chance to to get a shot on target. Then fell back to McGinn, who did get it on target, but just didn't go in the net. I believe this is Aberdeen's seventh nil nil of the season. That's that's not great reading when you when you when you see that. Um, should Hamilton have had a penalty, uh, Lewis? Oh, I think as a, again, this is a. 
something we're always talking about these sort of penalty decisions. It's, it's tough to call, you know. Scottish football is, is what you get into it. It's sort of penalty decision after penalty, but look, I think at the end of the day, obviously they'll, they'll probably be disappointed again. They didn't, but they'll be happy to take the points. You know, you know what I mean. Mm. Either way, so. Um, Aaron, I'm assuming this is the handball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we had VAR, I think it's given as a handball, but he doesn't. His hand is hardly away from his, uh, his body. I don't really see how you can give that. So I think it's just claim for the sake of claiming it. I think that's the thing with the handball. Like nobody has a clue anymore, do they? <laughs> I think there's just so many things that are given. Is that a handball? Is it? But it's just so confusing nowadays. Yeah, I. I it's sort of a, a rule now that that's very contentious. Um, you know, there's not like a, a clear understanding of it. Like the 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 understanding from me is if the ball touches the player's hand and the hands in an unnatural position, it's a penalty. Um, so I, I I don't see how we've came so far from from that understanding of it to to sort of add in little you know sort of roundabout ways to get into the decision. It's it's just mental. I I thought. That it was a penalty because I thought his hand was it was was out it wasn't I wouldn't say it's not in an unnatural position but his body what his hand wasn't down at his side so I I, I was I, I of the the view that it, that it was a penalty but as you said Lewis I think Hamilton will be happy with the point they'll obviously be you know have a little bit of a grievance with that but mm-hmm. to go up to Petardry and, and get a point is it's still good for them and it, it means that they're not. Like in that automatic relegation place at the moment, um, so no, definitely. Um, obviously, I've, I've already mentioned that they're seventh nil nil of the campaign. What are you kind of getting from Derek McInnes's side here? Is it just a side that has ran out of ideas under the current leadership, or or, or what else could it be, um, Aaron? He's been Everton for a while now, like in previous seasons, but. Especially I've seen Aberdeen need change. It, it's no doubt that McInnes has done great things with Aberdeen, but you can't take them any uh, any further than he has. He has to go. The goal scoring, I find it quite laughable that they sold uh, it themselves. They got rid of Bruce Anderson, the Hamilton, brought in, I think it was three more strikers, uh, Canberra, Hendry and Hornby. I'm pretty sure Anderson still outscored them all by himself. <laughs> I mean, that sums up Aberdeen in general this season. Yeah, um, Lewis. Yeah, I think this is sort of one that's slowly but surely coming to an end. I'm sure Aberdeen fans are sort of looking forward to that way. They just need to get to the end of the season. I think part ways with McInnes because, as I say, he's done he's done great things in his time at Aberdeen. You know, one of the better managers of recent history, taking them from sort of down the bottom of the league to consistent sort of top three, four finishes. You know, but. It's, it just feels like it's time to move on that is coming slowly but surely. Yeah, I, I think we've spoke about Derek McInnes on the podcast um, maybe a few weeks ago um, and it is looking like it, it, it's sort of just rolling into the station now where, you know, once this season's over, he's he's probably going to be on his way. I don't think there's many an Aberdeen fan that, that will see Derek McInnes there um, next season at Pataudry. Um Right, let, let's move on to the next game, which is Ross County versus 
Kilmarnock, staying, staying down in that relegation um, area. We've, we've spoken about Hamilton, so let's move on to Ross County and Kilmarnock. Um, what did you guys think of that game as a, as a whole overall, um, Lewis? Yeah, it was an interesting one. I mean, obviously, Kilmarnock are outside to haven't been scoring goals, but they managed to get the two in the game and they still couldn't win, you know. I thought defensively they were extremely poor. Some of the goals they conceded, I think the third one in particular, simple ball over the top, you know, you need to defend that better, especially at on your right side. And I know he's not been in for too long, but that's just that's just simple and basics, you know. It's, it's strange seeing come out down there because you do, I mean, I know obviously they've reached the heights of third, I don't think they were ever going to be like that, but they've been down the bottom before. You just always seem to think, They'll get out of this because it's called Marnock, you know, SPFL or Scottish Premiership side come on it. But right now, I think they're in real trouble with, with how they're playing. Yeah. Um, Adam? Yeah, I think during the game, um, Hill just seemed really disorganised for some reason the whole game, which is the opposite of what you expect from a Tommy Wright side. Uh, obviously, he managed to organise St Johnston and kept up a relatively weak side for a division for a long time, got some strong finishes. Um, I thought Ray would be the perfect appointment. I thought I know he's not been in for too long yet, but he just seemed really disorganised. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's weird to see Kamar, especially this late on in the season, just for the split, seeing them rock bottom of the table. It's not a position that we, we sort of see Kilmarnock in, especially you know, considering the, the good work that uh, Steve Clark did when he when he was there when he was at Rugby Park. Um, I think that I might be wrong in saying this, but the last time Kilmarnock were sort of near the bottom of the table was the 2015-16 season. Um, yeah, would they been under Lee Clark? I think they were in the playoffs, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think they beat Falkirk in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of strange to see them down there. Um, from Kelly's first goal, uh, I, I thought it was poor defending on Ross County. The ball sort of bounced about um, with Lafferty and he managed to just weave his, his way through and put the ball in the, the bottom left-hand corner. But I thought it was really poor defending because they appealed for handball but then never charged the ball down. And... I think, you know, many coaches will say that you, you always play to the whistle and Ross County didn't do that, which, you know, they found themselves 1-0 down. Um, obviously, he scored a good goal. It was a decent finish. But should Lafferty have seen uh, red for the, the sort of swing that he, he made towards the Ross County player, um, Aaron? I think definitely when you look at it, he, just, he doesn't seem to even be trying to do anything to go to the ball. He try to get away from him. It just looks... Reckless, and it looks like he. I think it's more of a a slap than anything, but mm. it's still violent conduct. I don't know how he's not seen red for that. Yeah, um, Lewis certainly doesn't look good. I mean, you seen on Saturday. You know, Kyle Laffer just recently come in. The influence he's already had. He scored both goals. I know one of them was a penalty, but you can see that he's he's had an influence so far. And, They'll need him for, for that relegation battle because they are in that relegation battle now, sitting bottom. So it's extremely silly to do something to even consider doing something like that. And he's probably got away with one. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was stupidity from him. Um it was needless, uh, thoughtless, rash. Um there's many adjectives that I could use to describe it. But you know, a, a guy with his experience, you, you would expect him not not to do that. Um it's similar to the Scott Brown um challenge and uh, not challenge but I suppose when he swung his you know arm 
I, I think it was Livingston, and he got sent off for it. It's, it's just again, it, it, surely it's down to referee inconsistency. Is okay, that was the right decision, but why has the right decision not been taken on on Saturday? So again, it's it's just down to to refereeing. Um, just quickly, uh, are Kilmarnock now in real danger of relegation? They sit bottom. They are only a point behind Hamilton, but. This must be a, a case of concern now for the, the Kelly boards, Tommy Wright and, and the Kelly fans. Um, Aaron? Yeah, I think definitely they're in danger. Um, I think it's safe to say now the relegation battle comes between Ross County, Hamilton and Kelly. Mm. And also Ross County taking a big step, beating uh, Kelly on Saturday. Um, I think I think Hamilton will still be the favourites to go down, just because they, it's fair to say they have the weakest squad mm. to bring up. But even the relegation playoff, teams like Dunfermline and even Rafe have been flying this season. If they get uh, Kelly in the playoff, mm. you wouldn't fancy them, but they'd have a good shot at beating them. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Um, Lewis? I mean, they, they certainly are in trouble. I think I remember when Dyer was here, they were in trouble, but they weren't sat down. Well, obviously they're sitting bottom now, but I think there's a real possibility the game's ticked by that they could... It's a serious problem that they could go down. The thing that probably swings in their favour is the sides they do have to face in the playoff, it's all teams in and around them. So they'll play the Ross County and Hamilton again. So they'll be massive games in terms of those three playing off against each other. Mm. But there, again, there is a serious chance of them going down. And I mean, Hamilton, you would expect them, but I think they've probably got the mentality and other teams have got the mentality playing against them. They seem to somehow always get out of this. So maybe that could come into their mind and don't see your trouble right now. Okay, um, let's let's move on from that then and go to St Johnston versus Hibs. Um, St Johnston last week won the the, the Scottish League Cup, the Betfred Cup. Um, so they're sort of building a, a, a good run together. Um, it was a nice finish by uh, Liam Craig. Um, what, what did you guys think of the the match uh, again as a as a whole? Um, Aaron. Uh, I don't think it was the most exciting contest, but for, uh, for the goal, Marciano's positioning just seems all over the place. I don't know what he's a, he's a one of the best keepers in the division, but sometimes positioning can be questionable at times, and I don't know what he's doing there. Uh, and then later on, William Craig makes a great tackle to stop this, but going in one on one against uh, Clark. Um, so I think he's definitely man the match, uh, but overall, it just wasn't. The greatest game, uh, Lewis. Yeah, I think that's the sort of games you sort of see St Johnston in. You know, I wouldn't say they score loads of goals, but again, I don't think they concede loads either. They're sort of a solid side in that sense that they'll take these one 0 victories against, and it's a good result against Hibs, especially in their battle. We've got like sort of mini leagues. I think there's the top six battle, and then there's like the relegation battle. So St John, it's a big result for them going into sort of the final game before the split. I think, and they'll take it the three points at home against. An up and down hip side, but they'll still definitely take it. Yeah. Um sorry. Can can the Saints now sort of you, you you were talking about top six, can they now sort of make sure that they, they are in the fight? They are only two points behind St. Mirren in sixth place. Um, you know, looking looking at the fixtures that are coming up, they face Ross County on Saturday and St. Mirren face Hamilton. So it's sort of uh, it looks like it could be tough on on the games that, that both teams have in front of them, but 
would you be surprised in that sense to see St Johnston in, in the top six, like just to knock St Mirren off of it? Um, Aaron? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, also, they're in great form, great spirits after lifting the cup. They were in great form before that. Obviously, they've carried it on against a, uh, one of the best sides in the league. Um, and I think, I know St Mirren have been great this season too. You've probably fans them more, St Mirren, just with the form they're in. Calum Davidson's got them playing great football. I know I said it wasn't a great game, but they're also organised and know what they're doing. Mm. Um, I think you probably fancy more or something. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think probably going into it, looking at the face of it, you would think St Johnson have got a good chance, but I think St Mirren have put themselves in a, a good position. There's a chance that Livingston have obviously got a game in hand. There's the outside chance that both sides could get in the top six. You know, I think only Livy only need a point against... Hamilton next Saturday, I may be wrong, but they're they're pretty close to securing that. So it just depends. There's a, ch- a slight chance that both could get in, but at the minute, St. Mern look like the, the favourites with the points advantage. Okay. Um. Just the final point on this match. Liam Craig, you, you already mentioned the, the challenge, um, Aaron. I've seen people saying that it, it should have been a red card. I I don't agree with that, but, but what do you guys think? I, I think I know what you're going to say, Aaron, but Lewis, what do you think? No, looking at it, I think it was a good chance. I don't think it was a red, personally. Nowadays in football, it just seems as though a lot of the challenges are seen as, as unless you take the ball completely, it's seen as, as a yellow or red card, you know. But I, th- I think it was a good challenge, you know. He's, he's won the ball and he stopped sort of from having a chance to go on and, and score. Obviously, he can do that in a manner. I think we've seen one the weekend in the Bundesliga. You can do that in a manner that you get sent off for just completely sliding in for mine. But no, I think he has won the ball in that, in that one. Um, Adam? Yeah, I mean, no surprise with what I'm saying, but it's definitely not a red card. As I said, people claim it nowadays. Mm. Uh, he, he gets the majority of the ball, even it's, I don't know, I see how you can say it's a red. It's a great challenge. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great challenge as well. Um, right, let, let's move on to Motherwell versus Livingston. Um, I was interested in this match just because of Motherwell at an app were in a precarious position before the game. Then you've obviously got the situation with Livingston, who were on a great run of form, aren't now. It looked like it was going to be a tasty sort of clash, and it, and it was. Um what did you guys think of it uh, overall, uh, Lewis? Yeah, no, I thought it was it's a good result again from Motherwell. You, you know, Livingston, we, a few weeks ago we were relaxed and lyrical about them. You know, they run a great run of form, and but now they've just sort of dropped off a wee bit. You could say something about Motherwell. They've been a bit up and down, you know. There's a lot of sides in this league. It's been like that this season, you know, form. They've been going well, and then all of a sudden they drop off a cliff for a wee bit, but... Nah, it's certainly a good result for my other one. Grand Alexander will be delighted. Um, Adam? Yeah, I think uh, it's a tale of two managers swapping uh, form. Uh, call it, uh, Martindale's honeymoon period is be over now. Obviously, it was great. I was never going to last, but I think that's now five games that I win, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander, uh, I think the last time I was on, uh, I was reading about how he was a great appointment. I think it's proven that now. It took him a, a while, but definitely proven that now. Um, the penalty for Black, I don't know what he's doing. I know he's a striker, he's not mm. used to tackling, but he just sort of runs into the Morocco. I don't, it's one of the weirdest challenges I've ever seen. 
but I was well deserved one from Marwell. So you definitely think it was a penalty, yeah? I definitely do, yeah. Uh, Lewis, what about yourself? Do you think it was a penalty? Yeah, it's just a, a clumsy tackle, you know. It's one of those ones, maybe a, a striker's challenge, you say. You go in and, yeah, I think it was a penalty for me as well. Okay. Um, are Motherwell safe now from from the drop, uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think I would say so. The, as mentioned, like a mini league, I think there's a relegation and there's a top six, but I think Motherwell, sorry, well, Motherwell and Dundee United maybe in a, a wee tiny league of their own, you know. It's just about p- picking up a few wins now to try and build on for next season. I think they're safe from relegation. I don't, obviously, they can't make the top six, so it's just about keeping them this form if they can go into the next season. Yeah, because, you know, we spoke on a podcast on one of the episodes weeks ago that, that it could be a risk to them going down. I never saw them going down, but they were, they were at risk of it. But but now now they are sort of in that position, as you say, with Dundee United. They can't get top six, but it's unlikely they'll, they'll get relegated. Um, Aaron, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think they're just uh, in a bit of a going pattern to the end of the season now. I, I think they're definitely safe. Once they've not got much to play for or on that, they also can't get top six. So I think they'll just try and work on. Also, Alexander's still relatively new to the job. I think he'll try and implement the last of his tactics uh, to remainder of the season and just uh, hopefully go for a good finish next season. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Um, are Livingston now at risk of losing top six? They sit on 40 points. They're three points ahead of St Johnston, one point ahead of St Mirren. Do you, I mean, they have a superior goal difference in terms of St Johnston sort of breaching top six, but do, do you think that could happen, uh, Lewis? I think there's always a chance, you know, especially with the foreign limits. As you say, they've not won in a good few games, sort of fallen off in that way. I think they should be okay. I think they've done enough to, to secure it in terms of, like, as I say, a point in, against Hamilton Saturday in the game in hand. It should be enough to... Secure it. So I think there's always a chance you never know Scottish football where it'll throw up, but I think they're safe personally. Okay. Um Aaron. Uh yeah, I think it would be it's hard to comprehend Levy uh messing up a top six finish now, but suppose says the form they're in, it's you wouldn't go against it, especially St. Johnson in good form and submitting I know they've just uh, got to have to feed bears against the Comfortably the best side in the league this season. Mm. Um, I, th- I, th- I think they will stay top six, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. Okay, um, right. Let's let's move on from that game to our second to, to last game that we have to cover. Uh, so uh, Dundee United versus Celtic. I wrote in my notes that it was very boring, lethargic, and uneventful. Um, uneventful in the sense that it ended in a dry nil nil. Well, what did you think of the game as a whole, Lewis? It was a, I think it was a frustrating one from Celtic's point of view. You know, I don't, I don't actually think they played that bad at all. I think they're actually one of their maybe better performances. Well, certainly one of their better performances last few months. I don't think that'd be, that'd be too hard. They created a lot of chances. They played some nice stuff as well. I thought it was John Kendi maybe getting a bit more of a style for us, but they just didn't take the chances. You know, I think it got past a certain point, probably about past the hour or something. You think. The amount of saves Seacrest is making, the amount of chances that have been missed, it's just not going to be, it's going to be one of them days. It's very cliche, but that's what it felt like anyway. Uh, Aaron? I think the first half was one of the, I'd say that's one of uh, Celtic's best performances uh, the whole season. And then 
as my story of most of the season, the Forge just totally fell off a cliff in the second half. I think it was like 22 shots Celtic had uh, from the first hour, which sounds great, but most of them were just Piro or right to the arms of Seagrist, just stat pad and saves the whole game. Mm. Um, and after that, Celtic had many more shots. It was just... Celtic fans thought it was going to be a, not a totally new style, but when Lennon left and Kendra took over, I thought it was going to be a, a bit more refreshing to the extent it has been. Celtic are still falling off in the mm. end of the games. It just he's went from John Kennedy to John Lennedy, it seems. He's just, he doesn't seem to know how to change it really. He still makes late substitutions, I'd say, mm. like Lennon did. It's, it's not the refreshment Celtic fans are hoping for. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, I thought some of the substitutions were sort of strange, like David Turnbull for, for Tom Rogic. Just just baffles me to be honest. Um, that seems to be every game Turnbull gets taken off after the hour, mm. no clear reason. I don't know if it's a fitness issue, but you couldn't imagine. So, um, okay, so Celtic's draw then at Tannadice obviously meant that the Rangers went on Saturday, put them 21 points clear or 20 points clear, um, and they were officially crowned champions of Scotland yesterday um let's just quickly touch on their game with St Mirren and then talk about them winning the, the title um what, what did you guys think of the, the game as a as a whole though um Lewis yeah going on I think there was no doubt St Mirren obviously the only side to have beaten Rangers domestic this season but there was no doubt they were going to pick up the three points some of the football they've been playing is, I mean obviously they had a few they had a few weeks where they weren't playing their best but I think they've sort of came back to that now and it was, it was three good goals. Kent, a good finish. Morelos, another good finish. And then just Hadji's got all the space in the world to, to put the ball away. But it's just, it feels like a standard sort of victor this season, you know, 3 0 against the man who are actually probably one of the better defensive sides in the league. And they made it look easy, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, and no, I, I agree with that. Um, St. Mirren, obviously, they're looking to secure top six the first time in two decades they couldn't do it yesterday uh, on Saturday but they will be looking to do it against Hamilton um, next week do you think they, they will manage top six um, I know we, we spoke about St Johnston earlier on it's, it's a bit of a tight one um, but are you going to sort of put your name to it and say that they will or they won't uh, Lewis yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I think they will because I, I like Jim Goodman as a manager He's, he has done very well this season you know they've got them playing some nice stuff it's not like a born St Mirren side I don't think there was any question that they were going to pick up the three points last week that was going to be an incredibly tough ask even though again they're the only side to have done it domestically but no, I think they've put themselves in a good position I think they will secure the, the top six uh, place uh, Adam? Yeah I think they will I think it would be uh, St Mirren and Leverett to end up in the top six which is a good achievement St Mirren I also I think it was it this season uh, the chairman came out and said they were aiming for a top six finish and they kind of got laughed out the after the building so mm-hmm. to speak uh, but they've proved a lot of people wrong they've, they've got it especially with the earlier in the season uh, all the COVID issues they had it's very well done then yeah it's a team at the start of the season you you expect to stay around about eighth to 12th you, you don't expect them to do much more than that so they have sort of breached expectations in that line of 
you know, they're, they're sitting in sits, they're not far off a European spot, but it's unlikely that that, that would happen. Um, so no, to much credit to St Mirren and much credit to, to Jim Goodwin. Um, like yourself, Liz, I, I think he's a cracking manager. Um, so no, um, well done to them <laughs> for that. Um, right, okay, so Rangers won the game. Um, Celtic needed to avoid um, a defeat or a draw. They needed to win, essentially, um, to stop Rangers winning their 55th league title. Um Sum up the season then for for I know the season's not over. We'll we'll have an end of season podcast um in May, but um just sum up your your thoughts on on Rangers season um and becoming champions um Aaron. Uh, yeah, they've blew everyone out of the water this season, haven't they? Um, all the points need to go with Gerard for setting up his team. Uh, especially he was in real danger of getting sacked uh, last season, but he's turned that around. He set up his um, he set up his team especially defensively. Rock solid. I think they've only conceded nine goals mm. uh, this season. Um, in the, in Scotland, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, he didn't really have much of a challenge. Maybe it would have been a bit different. The pressure was on, but you can't take away how good they've been this season. Even in Europe, they they look like they could put together a, a big run here. Yeah, so yeah, congratulations to them. Um, Lewis, what, what about yourself? Yeah, you both touched on it perfectly. I think, as you say, this team last year, losing to Hamilton at home, you're at risk of sacking, and you think all that work that they've been doing over the last uh, two or three years has gone to nothing, but you just look at this incredible turnaround, and it's, uh, the only word you can use is that deserved. It's completely deserved one this league. You know, you, one team totally prepared and bringing the right sort of recruitment and stuff and they've just been unstoppable and as you can see nobody's been able to do that nobody's beat them so far this season that'll be the next game for them probably and trying to do a double but in terms of the league title it's well deserved for sure Speaking on European football um, can they play Slavia Prague this Thursday can Rangers get into the, the last eight of the Europa League and if they do get into the last eight of the Europa League can they then do they have a shot at winning it or are we just being a little bit sort of over over dramatic or you know over overthinking it um, Aaron I think Slavia Prague is a very tough draw for them mm. uh, obviously this season they just knocked out Leicester who are outside even last season we put together a, a great run in the competition. Uh, maybe actually two seasons when he got knocked out of Champions League last season. But anyway. Um but Rangers this season, uh, both domestically and in Europe, they've just played without fear. They don't look like no matter who they face, they think they have a chance of beating them. Mm. And I wouldn't put passion and get past Prague. I'd say winning it would probably be a bit of a stretch too far. I think uh, whoever wins the tie out of my United and AC Milan the next round will probably go on to win the thing. But I don't think it's too uh, insane to think they could get to the final if the draw's right. Um, but no matter what they do, even if they get put out by Prague, they've been superb in Europe and it's just capped off a fantastic season for them. Um, Lewis? Yeah, well, I think Thursday night should be interesting to see this uh, state there and after the the partying they've had over the last two days will that affect them, you know? But in Europe, I think that's probably 
maybe not in the league they've been spotting, but in Europe, I think that Gerrard's pretty, pretty much been spotting since he's come in the last two seasons. They've got further than Celtic have in any Europa League campaign, you know. Mm. So it's, I don't think, as Aaron says, I don't think they'll win it, but there's no reason for them to be fearful, you know, going into the games and they'll think they can beat MD and tactically set up and to beat MD, you know. As it's just sort of how they've been since since they've been in Europe the last sort of three seasons. So definitely won't be fearful MD the face. I think, you know, Slavia Prague is a tie that, uh, you know, Celtic, when you look at that, uh, you know, the Champions League qualifiers, it's a team you want to avoid. Um, and I've seen. I think we want to avoid everyone. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> um, I've seen Celtic fans saying, oh, that's them get another easy tie. But, you know, I was like, I mean, it's not. It's a trade Celtic fans never want. So it's not. I think at this stage of the competition, there's no such thing as an easy tie. Mm. I know. But even they were the one, the last four teams at the hat. The other two, I think, were Molda and someone else who are weaker in Slavia. It's the hardest tie they could have got left. I think it's one of the hardest ties in the whole thing. Yeah, I think when you look at when you look at names like Man United and Man people where we think big tie, but I think nowadays you get teams like Slavia Prague and they're not the biggest of names. I mean, they are still quite a big name. I don't think, don't think they should be disrespected, but a lot of these teams in Europe they're set up so well with sort of infrastructure they set up. So I don't think you can disrespect any sort of team by saying they've got like an easy draw. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, as for them going on to win the Europa League, I, I'm I'm with Aaron on it. I think whoever wins the, the tie between Manchester United and AC Milan will will be the eventual winners of the Europa League. But Gerard has his tactics for Europe and the uh Rangers play better in Europe than, than Celtic do. And that that's been a case for like years when both teams have played in Europe. Rangers have, you know, always done well. They they just set up correctly and don't sort of. You look at Celtic under Rogers. Rogers would go toe to toe. Rangers don't do that. They they play to their strengths, and I, I think that's what gets them results. Um, okay, let let's just move on. Obviously, they won the league. Um, there was hundreds of thousands of fans outside Ibrox on Saturday, um, in the midst of a global pandemic. What what do you guys think on that, um, Aaron? Obviously, it's not morally right, and Sturgeon's came out and uh, totally condemned it. But I don't want to say you can't blame them, but it's been such a long wait for them. They had to get out and celebrate. It's a shame under the circumstances they couldn't have been in the stadium at all to see it. Um. But I don't think they could just stay and celebrated in the house. I think they had to uh, celebrate together. Of course, there probably will be uh, repercussions for it. But it's not it's not great to condone it. But I don't think you can blame them. Lewis? Yeah, look, I think in an ideal world, you would have sort of people, everyone in the house celebrating. But I think... Football fans, it's such an emotional sport that it was bound to happen. I don't think I think you'd be surprised to find one person that would be shocked at hearing that fans are out celebrating an achievement like this. It's not ideal, obviously. We've seen sort of images, and I think at the minute, John Sweeney's speaking about it. It's certainly not ideal seeing all the gatherings and stuff, and there might be repercussions, but at the same time, I think 
any football fan would say they should expect this to happen and if their club was in that sort of situation a lot you would find that a lot of fans would be doing the exact same anyway yeah um Rangers have released a statement um in the last maybe 10 15 minutes or so um while we were we were discussing the Motherwell game um they said during the last number of weeks Rangers can confirm that we initiated open dialogue with key stakeholders in relation to the possibility of us achieving the historic 55th league title uh, we have proactively engaged with our local MP the justice minister the Scottish government police Scotland and the SPFL in relation to maintaining a cohesive message regarding public safety during the covid pandemic. We understand the jubilation of our support across the world to recognise this has been a historic year for the club. Nevertheless, it has been of great frustration for all football fans across the world that they have not been able to watch their team within stadiums, especially for the loyal Rangers season ticket holders who have stood by this football club through thick and thin in the last decade. Um, we reiterate the manager for uh, the message from our manager Stephen Gerrard, who highlighted that fans should adhere to government guidance and stay safe, socially distance, and look after each other in this difficult time. We are aware that there is a possibility of more significant milestones within the season, and we will continue to proactively engage with key stakeholders to maintain a cohesive message in relation to government guidance at this present time. They finish by saying we look forward to further open dialogue with the government, police, SPFL, and other key stakeholders. Um, what do you make of that statement, uh, Lewis? With that, sort of hearing they've sort of had talks and that, I think there should have been a sort of better setup in terms of. I think there was a message put by Rangers at the stadium and stuff, but there maybe should have been a, a statement released earlier saying, "Please do not." And even the police maybe set. I know we've seen images and stuff, but I think maybe a setup should have been put in place in terms of what to do with this scenario because it was it was bound to happen. We've already mentioned so. Here and have had talks already, something should have been put in place, I think. Uh, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I get what Lewis is saying, but at the end of the day, everyone knows the guidelines, everyone knows the regulations. I think no matter if they had said something before the game or not, I think people still would have congregated. I don't think there was any thought on it, especially with how monumental uh, this league one's been. Mm. I, I just don't think there was any stopping. It'll be, it'll be the same as Celtic on 10 in a row. I don't, I don't think our side of Glasgow would have adhered to the guidelines. Okay. Um, I just want to finish off. Uh, Lewis, you mentioned that John Swinney, the Deputy First Minister, was address, addressing the weekend um, right, you know, just now. He sl- he's came out and slammed the behaviour of some Rangers fans in Glasgow yesterday as an absolute disgrace and shameful the Scottish government expressed its anger towards Rangers about their lack of leadership. I, I, I think there's there's frustration. I've seen on Twitter all day uh, and yesterday and the day before. There's frustration from non-football fans that <coughs> have adhered to the to the guidelines that that haven't broken the rules, that haven't been able to see loved ones or or go to funerals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For me, I, I I feel for that section of society. Yeah, one hundred percent. That, that will be looking at this and saying, well, why are they getting away with it? Nicola Sturgeon said in, in August that if there was more COVID breaches, that, that this wouldn't be a yellow card, it would be a red card. We've, we've not seen this this red card. I, I, don't, I don't know why. She's sort of, you know, told, told Scottish football on numerous occasions to get its house in order, but there's been that sort of lack of consistency on it that, that, it, that a lot will bemoan 
um, because it, it's just getting ridiculous now. And I do see, I, I agree with both of what what you said, um, you know, about fans going out and being celebratory. It's hard to to say that they wouldn't. It's hard to say that if, you know, you were a Celtic fan and Celtic had won 10 in a row, that you wouldn't be out there either. Um but I, I think for people that are non-football fans, it's just a, a clear slap in the face, if if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think you can definitely see frustration, you know. There's rules out there where only sort of 20 people can be at weddings or funerals and stuff. So it's definitely a massive frustration. You can see can see why they'd be aggrieved by it and maybe even setting us back a few weeks. I just want to take a moment to say a massive thank you to both Lewis and Aaron for coming onto the podcast and recapping the action from the Scottish Premiership with me. It was a really enjoyable episode and we sort of touched into territory that we're, we don't normally touch into on the podcast, um, but but we really enjoyed doing so. Um, as always, if you haven't already followed the Twitter account for the podcast, it's at Talks, and you can keep yourself up to date with the latest news and guests coming on to the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, either on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, then please do so. Uh, it'd mean a lot to me. Um, and if you are a iTunes user, then please leave a review and let us know what you think about the podcast. Is it good? Is it what you expected? Or are we are we doing something wrong? Where could we go different? What would you like to hear from us? Just anything at all, because it, your feedback helps the podcast grow. Um, and I personally really appreciate it. And just one final note, I have an announcement coming out on Twitter on Wednesday on my own personal Twitter account, which is at Mr. Stefan Carlin. Um, so if you want to know what that is, then head on over and uh, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Stefan Carlin. Uh, but I just want to once again say a massive thank you to everyone that's listened. A massive thank you to Lewis and Aaron for coming on to the podcast. This has been Day Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode 11. Mm-hmm.